You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Sam and Steve here in early October, and you know what that means. Our funeral episode for the New York Yankees baseball season. They didn't even get to disappoint us in the playoffs, but we, we kind of did a, uh, a funeral episode about six weeks ago when the season was over, but officially here for the end of season recap. Sam, it's been a, it's been a few weeks, man. How you doing? Steve, I'm doing all right. We were supposed to come on and record Tuesday, but then we had two funerals back to back. It was the Yankees... Not so much of a funeral, but I mean, the end of the season. And then it was the Giants Monday night. More of a murder. Yes. So uh, the vibes have been low the last couple of days. We took an extra day and we were trying to bring the vibes up a little bit higher. (laughs) And Steve, when I think of this team, when I think of this season, it's it's an empty feeling for me. It's an empty feeling because... You said we're doing a funeral episode right now, but this is the earliest we've ever done a funeral episode. We've been doing this podcast since the start of the 2017 season. This is the first time the Yankees have missed the playoffs since then. Not it, ideal. It, it sucks. This team was had World Series aspirations, and they just fell flat on their face. It's for me. It's it's an empty feeling. Even when you know, take the Giants out of it. Um, it it's still. When I think about this team and the empty feeling, they were eliminated with a week to go. And and, and they dragged that out. I mean, they were eliminated when we kind of last recorded in, you know, middle of, of August. They, they had it a couple. It was this, after the sweep at, in the Bronx. Yeah, it was over. They teased us for a couple games here and there to give us some delusion but when, once after they called up the kids. Um, but but it, it was, was 11 was, games back to six games back in, in the span of, like, Five days. And the schedule wasn't that bad. And then they turned around and blew that in in 2023 fashion. So we're going to run through some of everything that kind of went wrong. Uh, what what could they change to make it right? Let, let's start it on a positive note. The two things that went right this year were Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. And the Aaron Judge injury in, in Dodger Stadium, kind of that could have been the, the, the vocal point of, hey, this season is not going to go as as planned here. Judge comes back, even though he's still kind of hurt, gets himself 100 games, and is amazing. His batting average dipped a little bit, but Aaron Judge, 106 games, 37 home runs, uh, 88 walks, batted 267, but still had an OPS of over 1,000. Just proving that if the Dodgers put any sort of padding out there, we could have been looking at another 50, 55 home run season. So it was great to see him come back, and hopefully this is not an injury that lingers. He may have been masking a lot of these issues if he didn't get hurt. But, you know, in, in the end, it, I'm happy with the fact that Aaron Judge looked dominant when he played. And um, a freak injury that, that cost him 50 games um, is not going to have me disappointed in, in the first year of his contract this year. And... I'm expecting an MVP-type performance heading into, into next year. But as Aaron Judge, the captain, said, you know, it's a disappointing year no matter what, but Aaron Judge can still match the ball, and that, that made me smile. You're right. Judge and Cole. 
Cy Cole. Cy Young Garrett Cole. Let's start calling him by his real name. Cy Young Garrett Cole. Every time they, you know, Cole pitched or Judge came to the plate, as always, much see television. And the only Yankees game I got to go to this year was when Garrett Cole pitched down in Miami. It was the worst Yankees loss of the season. But that that ended the season. (laughs) That ended the season. But seeing Cole pitch for the first time, you know, something I'll take away from the season. And Aaron Judge, 37 home runs despite missing 50 50 games. 54 games, I think it was. He he was out. He had one two-week sit on the IL. And then he had when he crashed into the wall. In no, Dodgers no, five weeks. So yeah, 107, 106 of 162. So 56 games out for Judge, but some of those were early off days in the beginning of the year too. So roughly 50 games on the aisle. Just still what he did was nothing short of amazing. And if he played a full season, he'd have been flirting with 60 home runs yet again, which is a scary thing to think about. You have emphasized it so much on Twitter. And now that we're kind of talking about Judge and Cole, the Yankees going forward, whatever happens here, they have an MVP and a Cy Young in their prime. Back-to-back seasons once Cole is officially named the Cy Young. They cannot waste. They they have already wasted it. They have wasted it the first two of those. Uh, You know, you can say they wasted last year and they they wasted this year. So I I agree. Uh, You know, just – it is you can't waste three of these years. They've already wasted two. You get they, they've got their mulligan in a hat, and they got another mulligan now. Um, it, it's it's crazy. Like you said, Garrett Cole got better. Garrett Cole was unbelievable for the past five years, and he's gotten better. What was the biggest knock of Garrett Cole all last year? The home run ball. He didn't do that this year. He only gave up twenty home runs. He gave up thirty five, I think, last year. He he looked amazing. His uh, his strikeouts were down, which I found very interesting compared to, to years past. But it, it became he became an even better pitcher. Thirty three starts, two point six three ERA, two hundred nine innings, like a two hundred twenty two strikeouts. Uh, opponents batted two oh six, and and he did it with a couple different catchers. You know, he tra- Trevino, Igashioka, and then he brought us some joy with Ben Voidvent. Um, it, it was it didn't matter who was behind the plate, it didn't matter who was at the plate. Garrett Cole was going to dominate. Um, and what, our, our team probably cost them another five wins? This could easily be a 21 season for, for Cole. I know. And th- there were very few times this year, maybe none, where, where he just went out and got shelled. That happened a couple times in 2022, uh, early in the season especially. But this was a special season. Every fifth day was must-see television. And you look at the whole rotation – as a whole, aside from Clark Schmidt, who was competing for a spot in spring training, Garrett Cole was the only one of the top four in the rotation between Cortez, Severino, and Rodon to not spend significant time on the IL, which is availability is the best ability, as they say. Look, we when we signed Rodon, we were tweeting out unreal rotation, unreal rotation. Garrett Cole, 209 innings. Rest of that rotation that we thought we were going to get, Luis Severino, 89 innings. Carlos Rodon, 64 innings. Nestor Cortez, 63 innings. And then the fifth guy we were making fun of, we were like, this guy's our fifth guy. It's going to be amazing, was uh, freaking Frankie Montez, who got 1.1 innings at the end of the year. So if you add those all up, you know, they're, they're at 250 innings for the four the four other starters. So Garrett Cole, the, 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 a once thought of pitching rotation strength turned into – one of the biggest disasters out there because you were throwing around Severino and Rodon, two of the most disappointing players across Major League Baseball this year. 
So it's uh, good for Cole to kind of keep his composure, keep his keep going out there and throwing gems when he knew his season was over. Um, finally locks in that that first Cy Young and what is going to be a, a Hall of Fame career. So the Yankees going to have to lead uh, lean on those two leaders moving forward. Um, but as they proved, it, it, baseball needs more than just two guys, one pitcher and one hitter, to to move forward. And there um, was not many other guys this year. No, there's no, there's two guys. It was literally two guys, and they, they I don't know how they even won 80 games. Uh, Glaber Torres did really well. Um, you know, we could talk. I think we could talk a little bit more about Glaber when we talk about maybe some changes coming up for it. Um, the two biggest and, and glaring issues I felt were issues that we thought were going to be issues in the beginning of the year. Who's going to play left field, and can Josh Donaldson have a bounce back? Left field was a disaster all year. Seven, eight guys out there playing, rotating in, couldn't do a fucking thing. And then Josh Donaldson literally did nothing. He hit 15 hits. Ten of them were home runs, which is is weirdly funny. Um, and then he finally got the boot. And then I believe he just got eliminated from the playoffs. You know, he got picked up by the Brewers, and he's done there. But those are the two biggest things I think we wanted to see something out of uh and both fell flat on their faces and that and that goes back to roster construction and just poor faith in guys that they, they had and not only those two positions you look at first base too after anthony rizzo suffered that concussion in you know memorial day weekend and then they let him play for two months the yankees after memorial day got zero production all year from three positions on the diamond and then Catcher, you're already not expecting much offensive production for you. It's three and then catcher. Yeah. So it's, it's all really the corners, like, all the corners. You two outfield spots with Judge injury, if you want to count that. Left field, hot corner, first base, and catcher. We made a fucking you know shape out of all, all the glaring issues. And then had. you had Volpe, you know, having some growing pains at shortstop, which were the whole diamond was terrible all around. <laughs> like, <laughs> And you made the point. You said uh, you were surprised they even won 80 games. Everyone is saying the the winning season like doesn't mean anything, yada yada. I think after they were down, after getting swept by the Braves and then the Red Sox, and then they, they lost 10 games in a row at that point. I think this team rallying to, you know, get to 500 and finishing just above 500 is. Something some of these guys can hang their hats on, despite it being an absolutely horrible season. Yeah, so yeah, I, I think that is something um, these guys in the locker room can take moving forward. But it, it was just an all like everyone looks at left field and third base, and obviously they're the the glaring holes. But I mean, just around the diamond was awful, and, and three of the like I said, three of the four top pitchers in the rotation spent significant time on the IL. It's really no surprise that this season turned out how it did, and they should have had they should have had less wins than eighty two. I think. Sam, who played the most games for the Yankees outfield? Am I gonna be a fool and say Aaron Judge? Isaiah Connor Falefa, who has <sighs> never played the outfield basically his entire career and got kicked out of the starting shortstop game. You know, he played all over the diamond, but. If you count, this concludes some of his starts at third base to the end of the year. 115 games for, for IKF. And he played okay. Like, he played as someone that makes $5, 6000000 million a year and is a, a rotating utility guy. He played okay, and he's going to probably get himself a decent, I'd say, $7, 8000000 million contract next year with someone else. 
But I, the New York Yankees, championship caliber team, as the GM said, had Isaiah Kainer-Falefa as their their most outfield pipe games. He, he tied Oswaldo Cabrera had 115 too, but he was horrific and until the you know final month of the year. So it, it's it's it was a clusterfuck every which way you looked at it. You mentioned them rallying to. To, to get over 500 here and how, you know, that, that dugout just didn't give up and continue to push forward here. On our last episode, when the kids were coming up, the kids were coming up here and, and I put the question out there of like, does do people want the kids to to play well? And we saw that with, with Dominguez. We could talk about him here too. But will we understand that that might save Aaron Boone's job? And I think that's exactly what happened. The Yankees played well. They did okay. They had a couple threats here. It doesn't seem like Boone was really ever in jeopardy of losing his job here. But if we if we lost 27 of 30 to end the year, the Yankees' hands, I think, would have been forced. The team came behind Boone, and they played well. The kids played well. A lot of you know, Dominguez played well. Cabrera, as I mentioned, you know, really started to get it going. You know, Austin Wells finished great here. Did the, did the kids save Boone's job? Um, kind of like I, I thought I did. And so I, I think that everyone's mad that Boone's staying. But I'm happy that the kids played well, and if that the result is Boone stays, I'm okay with that. I think the, the kids played a huge part in saving. And so did Aaron Judge because he came out like four times talking about how much he loved Boone. But and I'm fine with Boone coming back. And this is a hot take. I think I think you think along these lines as well. I think Aaron Boone is in today's MLB a good manager, and uh, he is not. If you think he's bad, he is not nearly as bad as you make him out to be. Yeah. And the how he how the players talk about him, how they respect him. I know there was some craziness in the clubhouse this year with Domingo Herman and everything, but I, I never heard a, a player on the Yankees talk. Um, don't want to mention the Giants again, but how Evan Neal called out the Giants fans today and how it's like four games into the Giants season and – Shit's going off the rails. The Yankees had their worst season in 30-something in years, and there was no circus act uh, from any player in, in the locker room. Domingo Herman's drinking problem aside, um, I, I am totally fine with Boone coming back. And yeah, if you're upset about think- it, he has, he has one year left on his contract. They were not going to fire Brian Cashman, and I think in the middle of the summer sometime, we both said we knew Cashman was coming back. Totally fine with Boone coming back for the final year of his deal with no extension. And I know the Yankees took a few days to uh, dismiss Joe Girardi in 2017, but I don't think that's going to be the case here because Aaron Boone and the Yankees have already asked Sean Casey to return as hitting coach. If Boone was on his way out the door, he would not be getting the Yankees would not be asking his assistance to stay. Yeah, so, no, I, I think Boone's locked in, Cashman's locked in. They, they, this is going to be their make or break, you know, year in twenty twenty four. Exactly. Year. If this happens it's, again, yeah, and then that, that's both what of them are gone. And look, everyone's going to be bashing Boone for, and you know, he needs to be tougher on players. He needs to do this and this. Just look across the pond, the pond, the river, at, at the Mets. The, the Mets season was an absolute disaster. Everybody wanted Buck Showalter. Buck has been asked to leave, and they're going to be searching for a new manager there. They're, you know, once they traded Scherzer, there were some comments. I forget who the player was that also got traded, but he was like, that dugout was a disaster. Nobody seemed to care um, about practice or about, you know, getting better and stuff like that. 
Um, and Sam, this their top choice is going to be Craig Council from the Brewers. Um, who does this sound like? Because this is other this is players talking about Craig Council. What makes him so good is how much he can relate to us. He went through this. He was a great player. He's a player's coach and a smart fella. He does a dang good job at getting into stuff that we really don't need to get into. Who does that sound like? Sounds like Aaron Boone to me. That quote for quote, if I didn't tell you that that was Brandon Woodruff of the the Brewers, you would tell me that's a, that's Aaron Judge or Anthony Rizzo talking about Aaron Boone. And he's going to be the hottest ticket as manager right now. The Mets are going to pay him probably almost probably a record deal just to make sure he goes nowhere else and he's going to be the next manager of the Mets. He sounds exactly like Aaron Boone and he just got swept out of the playoffs. So like I I I know people hate of the when I just say who are you going to have replacement they say anybody anybody's better. Look, if the Yankees fired Aaron Boone, Craig Council is probably number 1 on Cashman's list and he's based on the players, he sounds like the exact same person. That's the thing. It's in baseball it's like who are you going to get to replace somebody? Everyone says it about Cashman but a general manager in baseball is much different than a manager in the dugout. And, and, the and it's players, not 1980 anymore. You're not going to have Billy Martin screaming at, at his own players. The manager in the dugout of the New York Yankees is respected by the players. And you can say whatever you want about this year's Yankees team. They played hard. They finished strong. And they, find, they found themselves with 82 wins when... After they got swept by the Red Sox the last time we spoke on this podcast, I was fully prepared for them to not finish with a winning record. And I, I just I, I don't get it with some people with Boone. We've talked about it a lot. The bullpen, the cast-offs he's given in there and how he manages the bullpen. Best bullpen here in the league. I, I He gets way too much heat, and I get it because he's the manager of the New York Yankees. But take a look in the mirror for a second, people. I think in the past two to three weeks, I've seen a big change of fans being like, yeah, no, I, all right, fine. It's Cashman. I'm, I'm pissed at, not Boone. And that, that's been a positive change, I feel like, if you're speaking strictly about Aaron, Aaron Boone and, and his role for the Yankees here. So the, the Cashman has taken all that, that, that kind of hatred now, which is fine and understandable. I, you don't need to yell at me about, you know, how many years it's been since he won a title and how all of his titles in the, you know, the early 2000s don't count because... Gene Michael, you know, built that team. All right, fine, 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 fine. Cashman for me now, as, as someone who's been a Cashman guy and thinks that being the GM of the Yankees is the hardest job in sports, just given the amount of, of pressure that, that it's required from you, um, this is his year. This is the final, Steve, here it is, 2024. If the Yankees don't win a title or don't come, you know, epically close to winning a title, um, Brian Cashman has to go. That That's fine. I'm on board with that. That, that here's it is. It's time to make the changes. Time to do whatever you got to do, and here it is. And and Boone's tied to that. But it, it's a, it's gonna be an epic, epic 2024 for the Yankees, knowing the pressure that's gonna be put on Cashman to build this team, um, and Boone to manage it. Look, so we know we talked Judge and Cole. We know they're coming back. Could safely assume that despite the Yankees not wanting him, John Carlos Stanton will be back. Boone confirmed Anthony Volpe is the shortstop heading into to 2024 uh, on, on talking Yanks. LeMahieu's very hard to get rid of, and Judge's best friend is Rizzo. So all those, so, oh, that's half the lineup we already know. The things we need, again, it's not a repeat of 10 minutes ago. We need a third baseman. We need a left fielder. That's where the Yankees you know, offseason needs to start. Beyond that, Sam, what else? What else? You, what else are we needing for? What else do you think they could do with those positions? Um, I, I don't know if DJ is K 
capable of being a third baseman full time. Um, given his age, you know, we want to make sure he stays healthy, and we kind of want like that floater role of first base, third, first base, third base, second base. So I have some some ideas of what we could do there, but. It's third base and it's left field and we got to find a way. It's really hard to find a lefty third baseman, but make both of those positions full-time lefties. It would be my number one to-do list for, for Brian Cashman. It'll be interesting to see who who's signed or traded for for these positions. There, There's a lot that can be done. Uh, Cody Bellinger's a name that has been thrown out quite a bit. The Yankees could reshuffle the outfield there. Uh, Jock Peterson, possibly. Well, they gotta go. Here. Are they gonna go? What's gonna be interesting is, and I don't think they go this way. Do they go the 2019 route and just say, "Fuck it, we're signing everybody and winning a title. We are gonna sign Cody Bellinger." I don't. I don't think they do this. I don't think they do this because I, I think it's proven that it hasn't been successful considering our last title was in 2009. But we did get a title after going through that. Do they go get Yashimoto uh, from Japan as a starter? Do they go sign Cody Bellinger? Do they go, you know, sign um, what's his name, Yamir? The, the third baseman that, that was with the Cubs also. Do they just throw $400 million into free agency and, and build that the team that way? I don't think they go that route. But technically, it's the Yankees and it's an option. I doubt how Hal gives them the, the money to do that. I doubt Cashman even wants to go that route. But look, if we're playing video games, you just sign Cody Bellinger, you sign the Japanese guy, you sign the top third baseman on the market, and then you, you let the kids play the rest and you see what that goes. That's not what they do, but that, that's we could do that on, on MLB The Show, and that team could win a, a World Series. <laughs> MLB The Show. Um we mentioned left field and third base and some other things that have to be addressed. I think it's the, the starting rotation, too. Um, Luis Severino is a free agent. Uh, Frankie Montas, we did not expect to see much of this year. He's a free agent. Uh, Domingo Herman, I don't think he's going to pitch for the Yankees again. Yep. Um, Carlos Rodon looked horrible when he, you know, his last start of the season and for most of the season. I know he picked it up a little bit in September, but he's a big Could not have gone worse. And that's, that's not so a far. question mark you want on a six-year deal. The starting rotation needs to be addressed. So there, there needs to be a, a big splash at one of these positions, whether it be third base or left field. Do, do you give Oswald Peraza the third base job? I, I think we, we talked about some trade targets before the show. One of these needs to be an all-star or a fringe all-star type move in free agency or trade. Yeah. For me, that's Yamimoto from Japan. 26 years old. Gonna, could be our next Tanaka to make the easy comparison there. Just a dominant season over there. Cashman was in attendance on Old Timers Day to watch him throw a no-hitter. It's going to be $220 million plus the posting fee. But it seems like indications for that are the Yankees aren't going to get outbid for that. I've always said it. When's the last time you've ever seen Brian Cashman get outbid for a player that he's publicly talked about. Never happened. Maybe Matsusaka. Did he ever talk about Matsusaka? Or did he, or the I I, not, not that like in a way where it was, you know, like you go way back. Matsui was going to be a Yankee. Tanaka was going to be a Yankee. Aaron Judge was going to be a Yankee. Garrett Cole was going to be a Those guys were never going to be outbid for. Even if you call it Carlos Rodon, they, they talked about that. The organization leaked his name for months. Going to be a Yankee. There's way too many leaks or, you know, you know, literally Cashman being in Japan, Cashman does not start opening day without him on his roster. I think that and that, that's going to be their splash. And then they look to the trade market to fill the, the rest of the holes to find some lefties. Because if I'm given $200 million, 
I'm giving it to to him over Cody Bellinger. Definitely fair. I think that's a route they definitely could go, especially with Cashman talking publicly and you know being over in Japan on old timers. They win this kid throws a no hitter, and the last time the Yankees signed a pitcher from Japan worked out really well with, with Tanaka. One of the best Yankees of this. I miss Tanaka. I, I miss him too. What the he just. He just went to Japan and went off into the sunset after pitching with the Yankees. Uh, I, to, to not get into the political thing of it, I, I think he, he made a comment when he was over in Japan that he just didn't like living his family in Florida during COVID. <laughs> he made a thing about like, oh, my family is like happy here type thing. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. And But it, it sucks. I, th- I thought Tanaka was going to come back on a one-year deal and it, it never happened. And the Yankees have never talked about it either, so... I always felt that was that was a little strange. I but, thought he was going to come back too after twenty twenty one. I thought I thought yeah. that was going to be a reunion. Um, so yeah, I will figure that out if they they get Yamimoto. Um, that would be awesome. But like you said, I think Severino's gone. I think a topic of big topic of conversation here is Nestor Cortez. Do you what do you do with him? He's been awesome for two years here. That shoulder rotator cuff stuff. That's kind of what started it all for Severino. I'm going to say it now, Sam. The resurgence of Michael King the past month and what he's done as a starter, even though the, the stock is very low, I'm trading Nestor Cortez this offseason. I'm finding someone willing to take a chance on this on a cheap starter who's had really good success. But uh, I think if there's someone out there, then we could be like, hey, we'll take, we'll, we'll find us a, you know, a, a reliever and a, an everyday third baseman for Cortez, pulling that trigger quick. Even if we have to throw some, some stuff on top of it to, to make it happen. Um, and I would never do that if Michael King didn't completely dominate as a starter the past month. That that was one of the bright spots yeah. in, in the last month of the season. Um, and I, I totally agree with your sentiment about Cortez. The rotator cuff is a tricky injury. He had two long IL stints this year. He missed the the final two months of the year and had a long one earlier in the year. I don't see him on the Yankees to start opening day um and and i wonder if his long-term future is being a starter with that delivery that he has i I think i think you're gonna see him wherever he ends up probably transition to a bullpen guy whether it's that's what he started that's what he kind of was when he first kind of yankees came back like he in 2019 before he went to seattle and before he came back again he he pitched 33 games for the yankees as that long reliever type situation um, obviously he didn't turn into like, look in, in 2022, he was, he was unbelievable, but we're, we're now looking at a 28 year old who's never thrown above 160 innings and has a possibly a bum rotator cuff. I'm, I'm not relying on that. I'm not relying on that. If I'm a world series contender, see if there's somebody out there that, that's, you know, do it, do what you gotta do. If you can make a splash in a free agency, you can have. King as your fourth, and then you figure out. Then you kind of, I don't want to say dumpster dive. You kind of see what you got from the, the in the fifth spot. But you're gonna have you know Schmidt, Schmidt, King, Cole as you know your top and Rodon. There's four. You sign Yamimoto. That's five already. Where's Nestor Cortez fitting? Not really. Not yeah. I mean, then, you, then the you got guys coming up in the minors that, that that might be able to to make some make some splashes. You know, Randy Vasquez could be a sixth. I mean, look if you want to give. Frankie Montez a $1 million contract with incentives to possibly be a seventh starter. If, if Cortez can help land you a left fielder or even a, a center fielder while they wait for Dominguez to come back, it's a, it's a discussion that I think that, that needs to be to be had. And then the it's other – yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I think if you're looking at one person in the rotation that, that's going to be elsewhere, aside from Domingo Herman, it, it's, it's Cortez. 
Um, I, I think he's the odd man out here, and Severino's a free agent. He's yeah. not going to be back. But I think that, yeah, the, the one player that is going to be mentioned in trade talks next to Glaber Torres, maybe. I don't know what the Yankees' thoughts are with him, but it, it's going to be Cortez. Uh, I think that's yeah. a very and strong I'm, prediction. If a team, if, the, if I'm another team, and they, the Yankees come to me for Nestor Cortez, I immediately say, no, I'll take Clark Schmidt because he's got more availability. He's Technically, this was his rookie year for Clark Schmidt. Um, I, I would push that. And then the Yankees would be like, all right, well, do we throw in a prospect to try and get you to take it? So I think you're going to hear Schmidt. I think you're going to hear Cortez. And I think you're definitely going to hear Glaber a ton. You know, we could, we could, you know, the Yankees trading their, their second best player and most durable player is, is a risk. But uh, I, I don't know. I, we flip flop on Glaber every episode here. Um, it, it, it'd be tough to see what you get back for him. But he, you know, he's, he's my second baseman, I think, right now. And then, you know, do you build a bigger deal here? So that's, since we're talking a little, little trade here. I was waiting for you to sign on. I see Brian. I think I want Brian Cashman to make the huge splash. And to me, that's like calling up the White Sox and saying, "What's Luber's, Luis Robert Jr. going to cost me?" And then you don't get off the phone until you get him. A stud center fielder, under contract for four years and on team friendly deal. You say, "Here's Oswald Peraza. Here's Everson Pereira. Take three pitchers. You can pick them. You can pick them. Warren, Thorpe, Hampton, and then you 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 lock that in. And then he comes. He, then you get it. A, then you go." Like that that's the type of move that will obviously be discussed about, but that's the type of move that I want to see get made. It was a Wednesday, October fourth at eleven o'clock PM decision to make that trade for me. So hopefully Brian Cashman gets some more thought process on it. But the free agency market, like we talked about, it isn't amazing. And who else is gonna be available? The White Sox are a mess. Like I think the Yankees should call up the White Sox and make a trade with them at some point this offseason and you start at the top. We will take your best player. You need a full rebuild. How can we help? You can't have Judge Cole Volpe Dominguez. What do you want? It'll be interesting. That, that's a good. That's a good thought. It kind of remind you know Luis Robert is twenty five. Could be twenty six. He wasn't at the same age as Miguel Cabrera when he was moved, and the Tigers kind of took that route. The Dodgers were calling on Miggy, um, and Juan Soto got moved in the beginning of last summer, but. Well, that's the other move is Soto. If we want to tie this into it, but I don't see the I don't see the Padres trading him. So go find someone that is that might be that that might be desperate. Soto Soto was my guy because yeah. I've seen reports that they're looking to cut payroll, and the Padres want young and controllable starting pitching. Um, no, if Soto's available, you you give him a list of twenty guys and say take fifteen. <laughs> like <laughs> I agreed, done. Take that. That's what you need. That he's the perfect guy for the Yankees, but yeah, I think he's all right. You asked for Soto, uh, yeah, agreed. So yes, yeah. so, I mean Soto or or, or Robert, pick pick either one. Put him in, get one of them in pinstripes, Cashman. Go out and do it. That that would be an absolute dream. The, the Yankees, that it, it it follows the mold. They they to, in order to win back some people, in order to really make a change, there needs to be an addition to this lineup that is either an all star or a fringe all-star that's getting better um that is how i think you're really gonna win some people over uh preferably a lefty but i I would not be well is it crazy to think that is it crazy to think that soto might be cheaper given the contract contract situations here you're getting soto as a one-year rental and then you have to give him 500 million dollars robert's locked in for four years he's locked until he's 30 is it crazy to think soto might somehow be cheaper (laughs) i would i would prefer soto and giving him a big deal honestly Oh, I would because I, Soto should have his number retired for the Yankees 
there, there, it needs to happen. <laughs> it's a it's a billionaire's money. That's always what I say. Yeah. But we know how the Yankees are with the luxury tax. No, I agree. That. All right, you go to go to them both and be like, all right, here's our package, Gio. You guys, whoever comes first and wants it, you got you get Peraza, you get three starting pitchers that are you know, I don't I don't think we want to you know, but you trade Thorpe who just won minor league pitcher of the year, you know Hampton, Warren, throwing Clark Schmidt if the Padres want to compete. So there's a. There's, there's options out there, but yeah, I think the, the outfield move um, comes from the trade market, not free agency. So who knows what can happen. We never, no one ever guessed the Yankees would trade for Josh fucking Donaldson, you know. Mm-hmm. So there, there's always something weird the Yankees do, and Cashman's getting one more shot to do it. <laughs> uh, and you, we mentioned an outfield help could come from trade or free agency. I, I wonder if they're going to give Cody Bellinger a look. They'll give um, him a – this feels like a uh, – We'll take a call, but we're not going to offer you a contract. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he had a great year this year. All the credit in the world to Cody Bellinger, but this guy was non-tendered by the Dodgers a year ago. And, and, and it's just, is he the player he was from 2017 to 2019 and, and in 2023, or is he the player he was his last two seasons in LA. I mean, this guy won an MVP for the Dodgers and they, they non-tendered him. It's, you know, to give him an eight year, $250 million deal. And if he returns back to the player, he was in LA, that would be tough. Um, Yeah. I mean, he looks good. He looks healthy. Like that's the biggest point. I mean, the, the the good thing about him uh, is the flexibility of playing the outfield can play first base um, as he gets older. Uh, and that left, I mean, that lefty bat would, would mash Yankee home runs, just like Juan Soto would mash home runs. The Yankees need to get get the lefty, the leftiness in there. Um, I think that starts coming straight onto opening day and spring training. That the lefty masher behind the plate is, is Austin Wells. That's the easiest step one. Here's a lefty in there, and then you figure out the catching position. So I don't. We don't need to go position by position here, but we'll come on maybe in the offseason and start doing it here. But let's quickly end this with, with the young guys we want uh, up there. It's Austin Wells behind the plate, splitting time with Jose Trevino. You tell Ben Royven to enjoy Scranton Wilkesbury, and uh, you get rid of Higgy, unfortunately. That seems pretty no-brainer to me there. And you make Trevi Cole's personal catcher. Cole likes a, a more defensive type guy. Uh, and then you also give Austin Wells a couple at-bats of DH. John Carlos saying hasn't earned everyday DH spots here. Oh my uh, God! What, what do you think I, of that I, from behind the plate? I think I think it's great. I, I love that strategy. But you you mentioned Giancarlo Stanton. I think we just need to touch on him for a bit before we go. Um, I love this guy. He is a great personality. Hit his four hundred four hundredth home run. It was fun. If he stays yeah. healthy. He could maybe push for five hundred. I. It is so sad to watch this guy. The Yankees have four years left on this contract. Steve, he can barely move. I mean, the, the the balls. There was a ball to the gap last week in Toronto. He was on second base. It didn't go to the wall, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. me and you, if if we had a, I can't run, but I think it'd be fun. It'd be a fun race. I I think you could have scored from second <laughs> on that ball. I could have as well, and I've got the flattest feet on the planet. I don't. I mean, the Yankees are going to have to keep him around. Yeah, and um, look, I, he says he's going to – He's I, I, no doubt he's going to – I have a feeling he will put the work in. And like you said, he's been a stand-up player. He's He's been a, a great person. But, one of the clutchest Yankees, too, in the last several years. Oh, that talking is, about 
we were watching the uh, the Rays and we were talking about Tyler Glasnow getting lit up, and we mentioned that his home run during the, the COVID year still hasn't landed for first class now. It was the longest wow. home run I think I've ever seen, and being in an empty stadium, it, it is crazy. But like, all right, but like it just I don't think John Carlo is changing. He just needs to get a little bit better on the stuff that he does. If he can hit ten more of these fastballs for home runs. I mean, Sam, look, me and you both follow the Phillies a lot. Their leadoff hitter is batting 190 in Kyle Schwarber. He can't play the field. He can't run. But no one's complaining too much about him because uh, he hit 47 home runs and he played in 160 games. If John Carlo wants to hit 190 and hit 40 home runs and play every day... Sign me up. Fuck it. I'm fine with that. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, look, the past two years, Kyle has 93 home runs and he's batted 207. But he's played in... 315 games. Past two years, John Carlo has 55 home runs, batted 203, and has played in 211 games. So 50 less home runs and 100 less games. Like so, there, there is a path of I was we're calling this success, but he's batting he's batting leadoff for a potential World Series team, and he's batting 190. <laughs> like so, it, it, it's possible. Uh, I hate it. I would love to see Giancarlo get to two to two thirty, but I, I, he's, he's going to be. He's got at least a year before the DFA talks even start. But if it's going to keep him healthy, tie, tie it back into Wells. Have them split the DH role when when Wells is not catching, and Giancarlo, even if he's fully healthy, plays a hundred games max. But he's a streaky hitter. Like I don't know. It's it's a tough one. We we like Big G, but he's going to be penciled in a lot at, at DH uh, next year. But, but I hope Wells gets that opportunity, even though Wells should be 70% behind the plate. That lefty bat's got to be in there every day. Yeah, I, I love Wells as a lefty hitting catcher. He got better and better after he got called up. And Defensively it, held his own. DH, DH is definitely a, a good spot for him for some times throughout the week, once once or twice maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, that, it, the Martian, Sam. Give, give uh, us some Martian talk. How sad was it when uh, – I mean, for, first off, when he was – called up and he hit the first home run and then the, the Yankees swept the Astros in Houston. The Yankees them. swept the Astros. <laughs> Imagine telling somebody that in mid-August. With a 20-year-old center fielder hitting his home run off the second pitch he ever saw in Major League Baseball versus Justin Verlander. That was the most fun. Credit for the Yankees for the balls to call him up. Uh, like, I know. I didn't think it was happening. Even when there was some talk about it, I was like, I don't care. They're not going to do it. His Twitter may have forced just... their hand, but... <laughs> His swing is just so beautiful. Um, just, just that. It reminds me of Soto. He reminds me of Juan Soto. Yeah, that, that power all over that lefty. If you if you if you leave one little over the plate, it's going third deck at Yankee Stadium when he pulls it. Shame, 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 shame. Tommy John. Um, but but in the end, you know, Gleyber Torres had Tommy John when he was in the minors for the Yankees. It, it sucks. Um, I tweeted out, if you put it into some perspective, while it sucks, because I 100% would have been the everyday center fielder on opening day here, but if I told you at the start of this season that by the All-Star game next year, Jason Dominguez would be the everyday center fielder, you'd be thrilled. So if you just kind of think about it like that, hopefully he's back in August next year and gives us that same boost that he gave us this year. I'm very much looking forward to it. Imagine him and Soto in the lineup together, Sam. (laughs) That would be quite something, but uh, I was thinking when he was up for his first week at 20 years old that there was a chance that he was going to break Barry Bonds' record. <laughs> yeah, 
It was fun. The Martian, I love that he's playing into it. His his roll call doing the E.T. I mean, he, he, he crushed everything about it. The personality is going to fit here. Just just please get healthy, and the Yankees hopefully don't don't ruin him. But, yeah, but as soon as he's healthy, every day in the lineup. Volpe, every day in the lineup. I want Wells every day in the lineup. Peraza is the interesting one. Is he even on the rotate? Is he even in the system? If he's here, every day in the lineup, no questions asked. That's the attitude I'm taking, too. If, he, if he's with the Yankees, he's not going to be in AAA. Every day. And right now, the Yankees don't have a, a third baseman. And Peraza looks like. That glove is sexy. I know. He got. He showed some more um, ability throughout the year. 52 games this year. Um, showed some pop towards the end of the season. He had a big dinger, yeah. Uh, Pereira needs a season. I think another some more minor leagues. I, I, I dangle him to see what if what he can bring back. If we're we're looking at big trades here, but I don't think he he's he's you know starting left fielder for the Yankees uh, on opening day. And, and Oswaldo Cabrera, he's got to become that that IKF. You know, we, he's got to become that utility knife that we can put anywhere and play every day. Um, he changed his swing a little bit towards the end of the year and, and got it, but he's got a nice personality, so I expect him on the, the roster, but but not starting all the time. Um, but that's, that's a lot of young kids. It's a lot of there's going to be a still a youth movement, but can the Yankees make the the veteran moves to, to bring these kids with them to the to the playoffs? Because it's while we kind of had fun the past half hour here talking about players we like and things like that, Sanders was a disaster of a year for everybody everybody involved in this organization. Disaster. It's grim, and it's not getting any easier. Um, the Orioles, unbelievable year, and I, th- I think they're going to find some success here in the playoffs. The division's tough. The Rays, even though they're they they, the they, they, they obviously won, right, Sam? They're, they're still in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, them and the them and the Blue Jays. They're, they're definitely um, in the playoffs. So they're playing Game that. Three of their series tomorrow versus each other. Actually, <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So someone was yeah, chirping that, at me because I made fun of the the Rays, and it was literally like you were playing golf last week. And I was like, "Are you just excited that I had better tee times than you?" Like, <laughs> like what? Is... Yeah, and the weather down in Florida has been great the last yeah. few days. So I mean, that, they missed some great golfing weather, and they were uh, they were indoors and in, in the uh, in, in the, yeah. In, so uh, the, yeah, the, the Rays and Blue Jays are going to be good regular season teams, but the no, Rays, in, yeah. Ninety-five I wins would, across the board. There, there could be. There's four teams that could win that should that are planning to go into next year with ninety-five wins on the board, which the, is impossible. And, and I do want to mention though, since everybody thinks the Yankees, um, the, the Rays and Blue Jays are so much better run than the Yankees and everything. If you take out the 2020 COVID year, the Rays have not won a postseason series since the year 2008. Barack Obama had yet to take office. It's <laughs> um, a good stat. It's a good stat. Since the last time uh, the Rays won a series. And the Blue Jays have not advanced in the playoffs since 2016. And n- none of the core uh, on that team is even still around. So, Did you see that, that large boat flying by you down in Florida? I think it was, uh, they call it the Alex Manoa. I think he was just floating by uh, outside your, your apartment, I think. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, look, they can make fun of us all they want because we didn't make the playoffs and we haven't won a World Series since 2009. But so, fuck but, you guys but, too. But please, I know. My, one of my messages is do not, um, it, before you start pointing at the Rays and, and, you know, the Blue Jays and they have Vladdy and Bichette and everything, 
these these teams have done nothing. The Yankees since 2017 have at least been to the ALCS three times. Um, it's it's all not, we've all done nothing. I'm not saying it's a claim to fame. Yeah. But please, media fans, do not look at these teams like, and I know the spotlight's on the Yankees more, but do not look at these teams like being on a different stratosphere since uh, of the Yankees because, if anything, it's the opposite. These teams have done shit in October. If, if, you know, you're bowing down to the Rays and Blue Jays and you're – saying, oh, this and that. And imagine if I told you the Yankees hadn't won a, a playoff series since 2008 or, or 2016. So keep, keep that in mind when you're you – know, we'll, we'll all sucked. But keep, keep things in perspective a little bit. Well, we'll all – the whole AL East is, is looking for some success. It's been been a long time. And hopefully it comes comes to the Yankees next year. We know that the, 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 the brain trust is still there. and not sure how well we trust that. But they're intact. We know we have Garrett Cole. We know we have Aaron Judge. And we'll see what the rest, they'll see what they could do and see what they could do it. And Sam, it's going to be a long offseason. But I know, spring training rolls around. Me and you are going to start texting saying, we're winning the World Series. I'm excited to do the podcast. It was a rough year for us. But there's no doubt in my mind that when February rolls around, we're going to be talking about how the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Absolutely. Um I hope we're back here maybe once during the off season to for, for, for a you know a big big fish coming. Um, yeah, if they get Soto or, or Robert, we're jumping on here and we're taking we're taking our, our victory laps. Um, absolutely, I, I I can't wait though. And twenty twenty four is going to be a lot better. Season um, season seven comes to a close. It's, it's season eight, Sam. But it's season eight's going to be the one that we find we don't have a funeral episode. We eight is to, great. Eight then, is great. We'll That's... do. I'm, I'm, I'm already. Uh, I'll never forget when Dominguez hit his first home run. I said, "Where are we staying for the parade next year?" Um, so I hope Dominguez comes back and, and sparks us, and we we do an uh, maybe an episode from from the parade itself or somewhere in the Big Apple. I don't know, but look, I don't think it's an overnight fix. But the Yankees are going to put out a team that's going to compete next year. And we saw this year the Astros do not look like Goliath anymore. They I, stick I, I with the whole thing. I, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but y- y- you just got to hope and pray. Um, that, that's going to be that's gonna be my motto. And this is the most important Yankee. We say it every year. This is the most important Yankees offseason. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, it's Season 8 is going to be great because it's going to be the chase for 28. We're going to get it. Thank you all for listening for – a terrible 2023 Yankee season. We had fun. We're gonna have fun next year, and it's gonna it's gonna be, it has to be better. It can't be worse. It can't be worse, Sam. You're right about that, Steve. All great, right. You know, great season on the pod. Not a great one on the diamond, but uh, I'll right, to talk to you soon. That's awesome. All right, guys. Thanks again. Podcast and in pinstripes 2023. We out. Go Yanks.